afternoon. Exciting day. A lot of good news, a lot of good things happening in the state of New York. And we are going to tell you about them. From my far right, Gareth Rhodes, to his left, Chancellor of the SUNY system, Dr. James Malatris, Beth Garvey, Special Counsel, Dr. Howard Zucker, to my left, Melissa DeRosa, Secretary of the Governor, to her left, Robert Mejica, Budget Director. Day 305. 2020 is coming to an end. I say amen. Not fast enough. But we are going to create a new 2021. 2021 is going to be literally what we make of it. We're coming out of probably the most traumatic year that we've had in decades. I believe a transformative traumatic year. And we will see in 2021 what it changes us into. And uh, the future is very much a blank page. And you are, you're going to have cities and states and regions all across the world trying to learn from 2020 and create a new reality in 2021. And that's going to be the challenge for New Yorkers, and we are up to it. One of the first points we're going to start with in 2021 is we can't keep the economy closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. If you listen to what they say, they in quotes, uh, first it was about 70% of the population has to be vaccinated to hit critical mass. Uh, some people say it's as high as 90%, but whatever, 70 to 90, that is a very large percentage of the population. If you listen to the time frame they're talking about, uh, it started about six months. We'd be at critical mass in June and then went to about September. Now some people are talking about the end of the year. Uh, you have a massive undertaking that people have underestimated from the get-go to both produce and administer this vaccine. Uh, the nation, over 10 months, hasn't done as many COVID tests as will be required for the vaccination. We haven't done that many COVID tests over 10 months. That's with every drugstore, every hospital doing COVID tests. And COVID tests are just a nasal swab. This is a vaccination. This is roll up your sleeve and I'm going to give you a needle. And then we have to do it twice. Uh, so this has been grossly underestimated how big an undertaking and how long it's going to take. I think uh, President-elect Joe Biden did the nation a service by pointing just this fact out the other day, uh, that if you look at the pace of production and delivery, uh, this could take years at this rate. So this is going to be a massive undertaking for the new federal government. But we, it can't be that we start 2021 with the expectation that the economy will reopen when the vaccine hits critical mass. We can't take six months, nine months, 12 months of a closed down economy. We can't take the economic cost, we can't take the psychological cost, we can't take the emotional cost. Uh, we have to be prepared for it. How do we use science and testing to reopen? and to be smart and safe in our reopening. New York pointed out first, it's not a question of reopening the economy or public health. 
We said from day one it was doing both. And we were right. And we are still right. And now in 2021, the question is, how do you use science and technology to open quickly but safely? How are you smart and safe in reopening? That's the challenge in 2021. And we want to be ahead of it because we are New York. And we're piloting an expansive testing plan to give us an opportunity to reopen business businesses safely and smartly. Uh, and we're going to pilot the approach at the Buffalo Bills playoff game. A football playoff game obviously is outdoors, which is a uh, much better situation from COVID spread. And the stadium is a controlled venue. The Department of Health has been working with the uh, Buffalo Bills, the National Football League, to come to an agreement uh, as to how to do this. We believe we are the first state in the nation to run this kind of pilot. We think it can be very instructive to us going forward uh, because, as I said, the premise is we're going to have to uh, find a way to reopen businesses smartly and safely. Uh, the agreement uh, with the Department of Health, the State of New York, Buffalo Bills, will allow fans at the first playoff game that the Buffalo Bills are going to play. Uh, the agreement is for 6,700 fans. They'll be socially distanced, masks required. But every fan will be tested before the game. Uh, obviously, if they test positive for the virus, they won't be attending the game, and they'll get the uh, treatment that they need. And then post-game, there'll be contact tracing so we'll find out exactly what happened. Was there any spread at the game, et cetera? Uh, again, this is a pilot to find ways uh, where we can smartly and safely reopen uh, businesses. The partnership that put this together, I thank them all, uh, Department of Health, State of New York, BioReference is the laboratory that's doing all the tests. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have been very cooperative and helpful, uh, and we thank them all. Uh, again, the Department of Health will then monitor uh, the day of the game and monitor post-game uh, contact tracing afterwards. For all the Bills fans, uh, please, everyone, take these measures seriously. We have made progress on the COVID virus over the past few weeks. The numbers are down. We want to keep them down. Uh, people don't have to be malicious to spread the virus. Most of the viral spread is from people who didn't even know they had the virus. So I understand the, the mood. I feel the mood, the excitement about the Buffalo Bills. It's been a long time, and they have captured a certain energy and charisma that is infectious. Uh, but we have to be smart, not just at the stadium. You have to be smart when you're at home. You have to be smart if you're at a party. You have to be smart if you're at an event. Uh, we really have to take this seriously. The, we don't want the fact that the Bills are in the playoff to wind up being a negative in terms of COVID, right? Uh, so no tailgating, uh, no uh, mass gatherings. That's not what we want to see. And it's not, it's not good for Buffalo. It's not good for Western New York. It's the last thing that the Bills want to see. So let's just be smart. Uh, two people have worked on this very hard as uh, Dr. Commissioner, Commissioner Zucker, 
Dr. Howard Zucker and the budget director, Robert Mejica. Uh, that picture of Commissioner Zucker is when he was saying, and for you, Governor, we have a needle this big. That's what the commissioner was saying. And Robert, he has a slightly dour look on his face. That was after the state deficit report uh, saying that we have a $15 billion deficit, and that's why he doesn't look uh, happy and peppy. But with that, let me turn it over to uh, Dr. Zucker for some comments on the agreement, and then we're going to be joined by uh, Kim and Terry Pagula uh, to discuss uh, the bill's game. Dr. Thank, thank you very much, Governor. Under the uh, pilot... Uh, which was developed cooperatively, as the governor said, between the Bills, New York State, and Bioreference Laboratory. 6,772 fans will be allowed to attend the game only after first obtaining a negative COVID-19 test result. Uh, contact tracing will also uh, be conducted after the game. Uh, this is the first stadium uh, reopening pilot plan in the nation that will require all these measures. Under the plan, uh, the team staff will control all exit and entry points to the stadium, uh, and only fans with a documented negative COVID-19 test will be allowed inside. Uh, testing will be conducted in partnership with the bioreference lab. Once inside the stadium, fans will be required to wear a mask at all times uh, and adhere to the strict social distancing protocols. Fans who refuse to comply with these protocols will be removed from the stadium. Uh, ushers will also be present throughout the stadium to ensure that all fans are in compliance. Uh, as part of the state's review, uh, personnel from the Department of Health traveled to other stadiums outside of New York where similar uh, protocols are in place to confirm their effectiveness. Uh, tailgating remains a banned under this plan, and New Yorkers are being reminded to avoid gatherings and parties beforehand, during, and after the game as these events are primed for viral spread. The Department of Health will monitor the post-game fan testing and uh, contact taste, uh, testing uh, and tracing. And regardless of whether you attend in person or not, be safe, socially distance, wear a mask, no tailgating, no partings of that nature, no large gatherings, uh, and be safe and be smart. Um, we look forward to the game. Thank you. Thank you very much, Doctor. Uh, now I turn it over to Robert Mejica, the Budget Director, and I want to thank him very much. Uh, as you heard from Dr. Zucker, no state has done this before, and uh, it took a lot of work and a lot of creativity, so thank you very much, Robert. Thank you, Governor, and thank you, Dr. Zucker. Um, the, the plan that we have and the protocols that we put in place um, were taking into account all of the guidance that we have, both from the World Health Organization, from the CDC, from the New York State Department of Health, um, and other health, health experts from around the world. As the governor mentioned, Dr. Zucker mentioned, all fans would have to show a negative test 72 hours before. Bioreference will be conducting tests uh, in the two days prior to the event uh, for 13 hours each day um, in the parking lots, drive-through testing, um, and those results will all be back before game day. On game day, uh, fans will have to show evidence of a negative test. The, the team will also have uh, the results from the tests. They then will have to go through a separate checkpoint where they'll have to show tickets to enter the stadium. They'll be required to wear masks from the time they exit their vehicles in the parking lots to the time that they re-enter their vehicles um, and they exit. The fans will be sitting in pods throughout the stadium, so they'll be sitting with the groups for which they came in blocks, and they'll be separated um, from other fans by rows and other seats. So we think that this plan is the safe way uh, for the Bills to have fans uh, in the stadium. Um, people watching the game in this stadium will probably be the safest uh, out of anywhere in the state watching, watching the game because they will all have have had negative tests. 
So uh, with that, I think we, this is going to be, and it is an experiment, it'll be the first time, but this uh, plan that's been approved by the Department of Health is uh, the safest way uh, to conduct this, and uh, we look forward to the results. Thank you very much. I believe with, uh, if the technology works, which is always a big if, but it works. We have uh, Kim and Terry Pagula who are joining us. Thank you so much. Good to be with you. Good to see you, Terry. Good to see you, Kim. Thank you for uh, all the time you've spent, all the work in putting this plan together. I know it's, it's novel, but everything we do uh, nowadays is novel. But it's another first, and uh, good for New York, and good for the Bills. Uh, we're glad that we're going to be able to do this and do it together. We are all so excited about the Bills. Uh, they have charged... Uh, the entire state of New York. They have given us good news in a year where we really needed good news. And uh, the team is doing so great, and they play with such a great energy that uh, all New Yorkers are excited about it. And uh, again, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, all the help in putting together this plan. I look forward to seeing you out there. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, but thank you. I hope you guys are excited as we are. Yes. Uh, Governor, uh, Kim and I thank you for uh, and your staff for working diligently with the Bills organization in getting us to this point. As you know, the entire Bills organization misses the energy of our fans at our games. Uh, we know they're there, but we want them here, if you know what I mean at the game, and even though they'll be there in limited numbers, uh, we will feel and uh, definitely soak in their support at this game. Um, and any issues that arise as a result of what we're trying to do here, uh, we will passionately try to resolve uh, to pull this off. Uh, and I want to tell our fans Remember, our objective here is to support our team in as many ways as we can. And I, I ask them to uh, be safe, be smart, and most importantly, be loud. <laughs> Thank you, Gil. Well, yeah, the loud we, part we know, Kim, please. Sorry, we know, we know that the fans have been waiting 25 years to be able to attend a playoff game. And we are so excited to allow, to be able to allow the limited amount of fans that we can. And, but I want to just say that we are so hopeful that there would be many more games that all fans can attend. And for us to do that, as you mentioned, Governor, we all need to be safe starting today, even beyond uh, the game. And we just want to thank you and your team. Um, and we want to just encourage everyone out there, all our fans, that we just need to do our part again, wear your mask, be compliant, CDC, social, distancing. We all know what needs to be done. Uh, we just, we all need to do our part to get it done so that we can have everyone back in our, in our stadium soon. Well, thank you very much, Terry. And thank you, Kim. And I think that's right. Uh, this is a great opportunity to cheer for the Bills, cheer for New York. Uh, you're right. It's been uh, a lot of years and the message is right. Everybody gets it. Uh, it's a time to be smart, uh, which helps us and helps everyone. Uh, we're in control of our destiny. How we act is going to determine what happens with this virus. Uh, 
And we've seen that when we're smart and we're responsible, we can bring it down. And that's what we're trying to do. So uh, thank you. We're all excited. That New England Patriots game was something. I want you to know that was really something special. So a lot of good energy. Uh, as I said, I'm going to take thank my... I'm going to take my test. I'm going to be out there to, to watch the game with you, uh, and we look forward to it. So thank you all very much for what you've done. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. We have a message from uh, – we have another special message, I think, if the technology works. I'm excited to let you guys know we are going to be allowed to fans in our first playoff game. Super excited for it. I want to thank all the parties involved. Obviously, the Pagulas, Governor Cuomo, everybody else involved, thank you so much. Let's please follow guidelines, wear your mask in the stands so we can have you guys for the rest of the way. Go Bills. Great. Josh Allen, he is playing phenomenal. He really is. Okay, so that is good news and that is exciting news, and we hope that works out all across the board because, again, it would be a great template if we can figure out how to use testing and rapid testing, rapid testing, you can get the results in 20 minutes from a rapid test. Uh, the question is, rather than wait six, nine, 12 months to reopen the economy, can you start to reopen businesses safely, smartly, by using rapid testing? That's the question. Uh, because again, we, we can't wait. We can't stay closed down. But we have to be smart and we have to be safe. Uh, and that's going to be the path for us to navigate. And that's going to be the path all through 2021, I'm afraid. Uh, we have the vaccine. The vaccine is the weapon that will win the war. But it won't win the war overnight. And we're going to have to deal with that period. Get the vaccine out as quickly as possible? Yes. Slow the spread? Yes. But also find ways to start to reopen businesses by using testing, that, that is the smartest way forward. And that's what we're trying to find and explore. Uh, the numbers for today, uh, without the microclusters, 8.36, with 8.66, positivity in microclusters, 9.47. We did 159,000 tests, which is a little low, 154,000. We're still, still not seeing the testing volume that we did have. Uh, we had 200,000 tests, 220,000, 250,000 sometimes. So we're getting a smaller subset of people who are testing. Uh, and we're not quite sure of the analytics. The hospitalizations are up 78, uh, but the discharges are up. Uh, during the holidays, there were not a lot of discharges from the hospital. During the weekends, there were not a lot of discharges. Uh, so the numbers have been bouncing over the past few days. Uh, admissions, 1,000. ICU, plus 26. Intubations, minus 9. Uh, if you look across the country, uh, you are apparently seeing what we talked about, which was a post-holiday increase. This is the percent of increase over the past seven days. Uh, New York is actually on the low end. Good for you, New Yorkers, with an 8.9% increase through the holidays over the past seven days. 
but you see Maine, California, 13% increase, New Hampshire, 12% increase, Massachusetts, 9% increase. So there has been an apparent increase uh, post-holiday gatherings, let's call it. Uh, we have to watch this. We understood that the holidays would bring people together. You bring people together. If they're not uh, careful, you'll have a viral spread. But we're going to have to watch this over the next few days um, and find out exactly where we are when this stabilizes. In New York State, Finger Lakes has the highest percentage of people hospitalized. You see Western New York is down. Uh, we're watching the Finger Lakes. It's been a problem for several weeks. It continues to be a problem. Uh, we've spoken to the hospitals. I've spoken to the elected leaders. Uh, but the community has to understand it. And this will change when the community changes it. I mean, it's almost that simple. Uh, they know the precautions. They know the facts about how the virus spreads. Uh, it's literally what individual communities choose to do. Uh, why is New York City 0.03 and Finger Lakes 0.08? They're acting differently. Uh, that's not pejorative. That's a factual statement. Uh, you look at the overall positivity, we see a bump up in the Mohawk Valley in the capital region. Uh, we hope that is episodic. Uh, but there's been a significant drop in uh, increase in those areas, uh, and we're going to be watching them closely. Long Island also has uh, taken a jump. So we are still in this post-holiday, five days from Christmas. Uh, we're still measuring the effect of the holiday gatherings, and that will be clear over the past several days. New York City, still Staten Island, uh, double what Manhattan is. They're several miles apart. What explains twice the rate, Manhattan to Staten Island? It's uh, behavior of that community. Uh, that's a fact. Everybody gets the same message. It's how people respond. Uh, we are very concerned about the potential for the new strain from the UK. Uh, I'm sorry it took the federal government so long to respond. New York stopped the flights from the UK uh, earlier than any state in the United States, and I'm proud of that. Uh, we had the airlines agree that only people would land in New York who were pre-tested before they left the UK. But the federal government didn't act for days. And it was frustrating because this is what happened last spring when the virus first came here. It came from Europe. It didn't come from China. Federal government was wrong and the federal government was slow to move with the flights coming from Europe, and the federal government was slow here again in moving with the flights from the UK. 120 countries banned or mandated testing on flights from the UK, and the United States did nothing. Uh, they finally did something a few days ago. But I think it was too late, and I think the new strain is here. We've been testing for it. Uh, we did over 4,000 tests, uh, 350 last week. And this is a lengthy test. It's not a normal COVID test. Uh, you have to study the actual genomes. We have not found the strain in New York. Uh, we had several uh, specimens sent to the state lab that were suspected of being the UK strain.
uh, but over the 4,000 tests, we have not found the UK strain uh, in the state of New York. Colorado, according to the CDC, has uh, seen the UK strain. So uh, it's probably in the United States. We haven't found it in New York. Uh, other news, I'm extending the law providing death benefits to the families of frontline workers who lost their lives fighting the pandemic and I'm extending them by executive order for 30 days. Uh, and going forward, this is going to be a question of getting those vaccines out, getting them produced by the manufacturers, getting them delivered. Well, let me take a step back. Produced by the manufacturers, purchased by the federal government, shipped to the states, and then the states getting them delivered. That's what has to happen here. And we've been working very aggressively. We have 200, 000, over 200,000 New Yorkers have already received one vaccine. Next week, we're going to open the criteria, working our way down the priority list, ambulatory care, healthcare workers, and public-facing public health workers, including those doing the COVID-19 tests. Uh, also good news, we open the Empire State Trail tomorrow. This is a very exciting uh, trail. There's no trail like it uh, in the country, we believe, 70, 750 miles of multi-use trail, literally from Manhattan to the Canada border, from Buffalo to Albany. Uh, so wherever you live in the state, it is near you. And uh, I obviously haven't had the chance to, to view the whole trail, but I've seen parts of it, and it is magnificent. Uh, if you're thinking of something to do uh, over this holiday period, go out and see it. Uh, again, wherever you are in the state, it's near you, and it is a heck of an adventure. I'd love to do the whole thing someday. This morning, we opened the new train hall, which is across the street from the old Penn Station. It is magnificent. Uh, it was really a moving, moving morning. Uh, we got it done on time, we got it done on budget, despite the fact that we had to do it through COVID. Uh, as you know, COVID was so traumatic and disruptive, uh, and it disrupted construction projects all across the country, all across the world. Uh, but we got it done on time, on budget, despite COVID. We had planned to do a New Year's Eve party uh, at the uh, train hall, which could hold thousands of people. We opened the Second Avenue subway in Manhattan once at a New Year's Eve party, and we were hoping they'd do the same thing here. But these are different days. Uh, it was the idea of Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan to use what was an old post office, uh, the Farley Post Office, and wasn't really being used as a post office anymore, and Penn Station, for those of you who haven't gone through Penn, uh, it is a miserable experience. Uh, it is like uh, going through the catacombs. It is just a dingy, dark, gloomy space, and it should have been replaced decades ago. And Senator Moynihan's idea was use the post office across the street. Uh, this particular hall has this magnificent skylight. The skylight uh, is massive. And the reason the skylight was there originally was because it was the room where they sorted the mail. 
So people had to be able to read the mail, and they used the sunlight to actually bring in, illuminate the room for sorting purposes. Uh, we had to redo the entire skylight. It was a massive undertaking, but it was worth it. It was, uh, it's, it's not only beautiful, it's almost uh, uplifting. And it reminds you of how great we can be and how we can do great things and we can do them well and we can do them quickly. Uh, you know, we're still New Yorkers. And yeah, 2020 was a dark day, but this project literally brings the light to the situation, uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, we can do great things. Uh, we can do better things and more than we even uh, believe we can do. And that's what 2021 is going to be about for us. It's going to be about making a better future uh, than we even thought possible. And now is the time to do it. So for those people who travel through Penn or around Penn, you'll see this soon enough. It opens on New Year's Day, but it's, it's something special, and I want to thank everyone who was part of it. New Year's Eve is coming up. We need everyone to stay smart, uh, celebrate, but celebrate smart. Here you see uh, masked people celebrating. Uh, mask kiss. I've never seen that before. Actually, there's a reporter here in Albany, John Campbell. I've seen him mask kiss someone. But other than that, uh, celebrate smart. That's our New York mantra. Celebrate smart. Stop shutdowns. Questions, comments, our pleasure. Thank you, Governor. If you'd like to ask a question, please use the raise hand function on the bottom of your window. We'll take a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Governor, you now have Andrew Siff as our first question of the day from WNBC. Andrew, your line is now open. Please unmute your microphone. Governor, good afternoon. Two, two questions for you. You talked about the Buffalo Bills plan being a pilot with the possibility that could, it could apply to other situations. How soon might you be able to test it out for something like Broadway theater or an indoor event at some place like Madison Square Garden? Okay. And my second question, uh, just to ask you my second question, is uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez tweeted today that Governor Cuomo should expand his executive order barring evictions to include small businesses across the state. There is some concern that there are loopholes and landlords are taking advantage of evicting small businesses. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. Siff. Uh, first question first. The... 2021, uh, and I'm starting to work on the state of the state, and, you know, I'm this year I'm chairman of the Go National Governors Association. I'm talking to governors uh, all around the country. The challenge is going to be, yes, we have a vaccine, but the vaccine will take months and months and months. You cannot afford on any level to keep the economy closed until vaccine hits critical mass. Uh, again, you have a lot of question marks out there. Uh, how quickly will the drug manufacturers produce the vaccine? Uh, if the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has a high efficacy and gets approved, that's one situation. But what's your supply being produced? What's the supply being purchased by the federal government? 
what's the federal government's delivery schedule, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, how quickly can a state administer a vaccine, question mark. Uh, I'm most confident of the state's ability in this case to administer the vaccine because we've proven uh, our ability to manage uh, before. But it's a massive undertaking because you also have part of the public that doesn't want to take the vaccine. You cannot keep the economy closed until you hit critical mass. You just cannot afford the cost on any level. Six, nine, 12 months. And by the way, if I had to wager, I would wager closer to 12 months at this point. Uh, that's longer than we've gone through COVID to begin with. But you can't just reopen the economy because you want to reopen the economy. We've seen states do that, and we've seen the infection rate go through the roof. So how can you use testing or whether, let me rephrase it, can you use rapid testing to safely reopen? Query. No place has done it. No one's even talked about it. Uh, but that's okay. We're in New York. I have no problem going first. That's what we're piloting with the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo Bills, it's an outdoor venue, which is all the difference in the world from an indoor venue. Uh, so we're on the outdoor side right now. We haven't even talked about indoors. But can you conduct roughly 7,000 tests, very large audience, going into a stadium? Advantage of the stadium is it's a controlled venue. You can make sure who goes in and goes out. Uh, it is outdoors. Can you rapid test everyone, 7,000 people going into a venue, and then can you do the contact tracing afterwards and find out what happened? If this works well, then you would look to expand it. Uh, indoors is a different question, Andrew, because uh, you get into questions. Indoors, it's, it's more difficult, first of all, right? But then what is the size of the building? What is the percentage of people you're putting into the building? Uh, 7,000 people uh, in the Bills uh, Stadium is still a tiny fraction of uh, the overall capacity. So you get into capacity questions, air circulation questions, uh, over the uh, MERV questions, what's the air filtration system. So this is really step one, and then we'll take it from there. But I don't see a key to the door beyond this key. Really, the only key you have is rapid testing. Uh, so we will be aggressive in exploring it, and that's what we're doing now. Um, on the evictions, uh, Congresswoman uh, Ocasio-Cortez, uh, uh, I agree with. We signed an eviction bill uh, the other day. The legislature passed it. It's a good bill. It's a strong bill. It's a step in the right direction. Uh, but it doesn't go far enough, and there are loopholes. Uh, first loophole is it doesn't protect commercial tenants. Uh, and uh, New York City has some protections in place. But uh, Long Island, uh, Westchester, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, Albany, North Country, the whole rest of the state, uh, you have many small businesses that are just getting kicked out. Uh, they don't have the deep pockets. Uh, their revenue is down. 
they're suffering. You have a lot of restaurants, uh, a lot of smaller businesses that can't pay the rent, and the landlord says, you're out. Now, uh, and I've spoken to many small businesses who think uh, it's wrong and it's unfair, and I agree with them. I understand the landlord's point that they want rent. What I say to the landlords is, you kick out this tenant, who do you think is going to come in and rent the space in the meantime? Uh, your chance of re-renting the space is basically nil. So stay with this tenant. Don't displace this tenant. Uh, and when the economy starts to turn on again uh, and the business starts to thrive again, they'll be in a position where they can pay the rent. Uh, so it doesn't protect small businesses that are dealing with a hardship. Uh, and that is a very big problem in this state that needs to be addressed. Uh, second loophole is residential tenants uh, would have to pay late fees and penalties. Uh, again, I understand the landlord's point. Landlords are saying, well, look, if the tenant didn't pay for six months, uh, I want the tenant to pay six months back rent and a penalty and late fees. Uh, I understand the landlord's point, but uh, I think it would be extorting tenants in a bad situation. Uh, these are tenants who can't pay the rent because they are uh, have certified that they're dealing with a financial hardship. It's not that they're not paying the rent and they can pay the rent. They can't pay the rent. To say to a tenant who can't pay the rent, uh, okay, uh, the six months are up or whenever the time frame is up, you now owe me all the back rent, and on top of the back rent, you have to pay late fees and you have to pay penalties, you will bankrupt people. Uh, to me, it is uh, exploiting the situation. Uh, you know, COVID has affected everyone. And I understand everyone has a financial burden. But I don't want to be part of anyone exploiting the situation. And I think for a landlord to be charging a residential tenant who can't pay fees and penalties is just wrong. Um, this bill, uh, that's a loophole in this bill. So both of those things have to be corrected. And uh, we need a piece of legislation to do that. Uh, commercial owners, small businesses have to be protected. And uh, tenants should not be charged late fees and penalties. And I have said that from day one. Uh, so those two loopholes uh, do have to be closed, and we need a piece of legislation to do that. If the legislature uh, doesn't do it or doesn't do it quickly, uh, then I would do an executive order to do it. But uh, I'd rather see them just uh, close the loopholes in the bill so there's no confusion. Thank you, Governor. Operator. You now have Bernadette Hogan from the New York Post. Bernadette, your line is now open. Please unmute your microphone. Hey, Governor, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes. 
thanks. So wondering, thus far you've um, been able to get out 200,000 vaccines across the state. Wondering, do you, does the State Department of Health have any data on refusals with healthcare workers or also nursing homes, residents, and staff? Um, is there a percentage of those that have refused to take the vaccine that you guys have been tracking? And if so, is that published? Will that be made public to reporters in the public? Good question. We, the question is, uh, Dr. Zucker, just so we're all clear, the state distributes hosp uh, vaccines to hospitals, hospitals then administer them. Do we know what percentage of healthcare workers who have been eligible refuse to take it? There's a second separate program where nursing homes uh, have staff going into the nursing home from CVS, Walgreens, some other pharmacies that administer to nursing home residents and staff. Do we know the refusal rate in any of those categories? So we, we don't know the refusal rate on uh, the categories, although I spoke with the hospital uh, CEOs and also with the uh, uh, qualified health centers uh, both yesterday and today respectively uh, and asked them to provide us with some of that information. Uh, there are, as you know, there are many uh, rumors out there and, we, and sometimes uh, information uh, needs to be conveyed about the safety and the efficacy of the vaccine and, um, and we've asked the hospitals and particularly the hospital uh, healthcare workers uh, to make sure the correct information is out there so that people who say they don't want to get the vaccine do get the vaccine. That's one part. Regarding the nursing homes, that's a federal run program uh, and we will have to check with the, the uh, pharmacies that are, that are running that, but information has been provided us at this point. Anecdotally, uh, Bernadette, I have not heard, I've spoken to many healthcare providers who have been administering it. I haven't heard of refusals as uh, an issue. I hear the exact opposite. I hear a lot of groups want to be uh, next in line for uh, for the vaccine. But these are healthcare groups, so they may be more familiar uh, with medical procedures. We know you have about 30% of the population that says uh, they're skeptical about a vaccine, and that's going to be a public education campaign. But we don't have data on it, but it's a good question. Operator, next question. Thank you, Governor. You now have Zach Williams of City and State. Zach, your line is now open. Please unmute your microphone. Good afternoon, Governor. Thank you for taking my question. Pleasure, Zach. You put uh, some of your top uh, officials on this effort to allow fans at the Buffalo Bills playoff game, uh, the state budget director, state department of health director. We're already seeing some people responding, wondering why similar efforts weren't put into releasing some of this data about how many COVID positive people in nursing homes later died in uh, hospitals, the DOH has said that they simply have not had enough time to compile such data. And all in all, you know, the Buffalo Bills have many fans, obviously very um, important to many people, but why is it so important to allow in-person fans at a football game at a time when COVID-19 cases are surging so much in the state? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not about a football game as much as it is, how do you reopen the economy? And that is a question, Zach, that concerns everyone. Uh, 
you know, restaurants are dealing with real pain, retail shops are dealing with real pain, residential tenants are dealing with real pain, uh, small uh, businesses are dealing with real pain. Uh, if you start with the premise that we have to wait until the vaccine hits critical mass, you will be talking about uh, personal bankruptcy for thousands of more families. You'll be talking about thousands of more businesses going bankrupt. You'll be talking about uh, billions of dollars in deficits for governments. Uh, if you tell the New York City economy that, well, it's, it's really going to be another 12 months before you can reopen, uh, it will be a crushing situation. It's already crushing, and it's only been 10 months. We're going to need to find a way to reopen smartly and safely in a controlled circumstance. Now, how would you ever possibly do that? You do have rapid testing capacity, uh, plenty of rapid testing capacity, by the way. This is not either or, right? Uh, we have plenty of rapid testing capacity, uh, and we've made it available to local governments, organizations across the state. Uh, and there are a number of companies that do rapid testing. If you can do rapid testing, can you use rapid testing to reopen businesses safely? Uh, it's Mr. Sif's point, where he was going. If you can do it in Buffalo, 7,000 people, but it's outdoors and it's controlled. Well, if it works there, can you do Madison Square Garden? Uh, could you do a theater on Broadway? Uh, could you do a certain capacity in a restaurant? So restaurants could start to reopen safely. That is the road that we're looking at. Uh, and again, no other state has done this yet, uh, and many take the position that you take, well, the virus is still here. We can't do anything as long as the virus is here. The virus is going to be here, I would wager today, uh, nine months to 12 months. If your position is there's nothing we can do while the virus is here, uh, the aftermath if you wait until critical mass of the vaccine, uh, you're going to uh, really have to be digging through the rubble, my friend. And uh, I'm in the business of trying to avoid rubble and devastation. I don't want to see any more personal bankruptcies. Uh, I don't want to see any more families uh, going through hardship because they're out of work. So we want to make sure we're doing everything we can to open the economy when safe, uh, but uh, also be as smart as we can. That's been the, the balance we've kept from day one. Uh, and if you want to know bona fides of the approach, look at our infection rate and look at the national infection rate. We went from one of the highest rates in the country, if not the highest rate, to one of the lowest. That's a fact. It's not a political fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact fact. Uh, despite your opinion, despite your theory in life, uh, that's a fact. So we've struck a good balance. Going forward, 2021, the question is going to be, what is that balance?
Uh, you're vaccinating as fast as you can. You're vaccinating as many as you can. You're going to deal with an issue that Ms. Hogan pointed out. Some people won't want to take the vaccine. If you have to get to 90%, you're going to have a real problem because you're going to have more than 10% who won't take the vaccine. I can tell you that. Um, so you're doing that, but how do you start to save businesses and save families and save savings of families? That's what we're looking at, and that's what this is a pilot to see. No one else has done it, uh, and it would be easy for me to sit here and say, we're not doing anything until we hit critical mass, and it is what it is. Uh, God sent the virus, and when God decides the virus is gone, then we'll reopen the economy. That would be easy, but uh, to me, it, uh, it's not the best that we can do. Operator. Thank you, Governor. You now have Jennifer Lukey of WHEC. Jennifer, your line is now open. Please unmute your microphone. Most of the regions in our state have completely blown past the metrics that originally triggered orange zones and parts of it. Here in the Finger Lakes, restaurants in that orange zone have been closed to indoor dining, while those outside of it, some in zip codes that actually have a higher positivity rate, have not. You changed the metrics moving forward for shutdowns, but what about those still impacted by the prior metrics? The, let's take the Finger Lakes, for example. Uh, you're seeing the rate in the Finger Lakes continue to go up despite the uh, orange zone restrictions. Uh, if you didn't have those restrictions, you'd have an even higher rate. You have the highest hospitalization rate in the state of New York with the restrictions. Uh, so uh, would you ever relax restrictions when the numbers are still going up and you're the highest in the state? No. I mean, I don't think that would be intelligent. Uh, one would assume if you didn't have the restrictions, the rate would be even higher. You're also right in the suggestion that uh, the restrictions aren't as effective anymore as they were, less, restrict, uh, less effective than they were, let's say, uh, initially. Uh, that may be true because more of the spread is coming from these social gatherings. It's coming from the holidays. It's coming from people over the house for Christmas or for Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. It's coming from people coming over on a Saturday to watch the Buffalo Bills game. Uh, it's coming from people who say, let's get a group together and have a drink for the new year. That has nothing to do with restaurants uh, in schools, et cetera. That's just social behavior. And that's over 75% of the spread. Um, now, restaurants are right up there as one of the causes. And where we have identified uh, causes that we can control, we've acted. But what's causing the issue now is the 75% from social gatherings. So what do you do about that? That's people. That's human behavior. And that's uh, me looking at that camera and saying time and time again, 
uh, we have to be smart. Nobody's saying don't celebrate. Celebrate, but celebrate smart because it is our behavior. Uh, It's no government program. It's no government regulation. It's what people choose to do and how people behave. And I don't know how else to say it. And I get COVID fatigue. I'm COVID fatigued. I get it. But, you know, this is a war. And you can't get fatigued before the enemy gets fatigued. Otherwise, you lose the war. That's how it works. Well, I'm too tired to fight. Okay, then you lose. And COVID is not fatigued. So we can't get fatigued. Let's take one more, operator. Your final question of the day, Governor, comes from Chris Horvatis of WIVB. Chris, your line is now open. Please unmute your microphone. Hi, Governor. Happy New Year. Can you explain how and when the state will make a determination as to future Bills home playoff games in the divisional or championship round? Well, first of all, let's all hope there are many future games, right? Uh, That's step one. And then uh, let's see how this playoff game goes. Uh, Let's see how, uh, again, nobody's done this before. This is a pure pilot. Uh, We have to test 7,000 people. Let's see how it works. Uh, Let's see how compliance works at the stadium. Let's see what the contact tracing says, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, Obviously, if it works, uh, it'd be great. But let's see what the results of the pilot are. Also, uh, I wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, I know I'm going to break your heart, but we're not going to do a briefing on New Year's Eve. If you have any questions, you can call me at home. My number is 518-474-8418. It's actually not my number. It's the press office, but you can call that number. Uh, And I want to wish everybody a happy new year. It has been a long and dreadful year, 2020. But uh, think of it this way. Uh, Life is going to uh, bring setbacks your way. It's true in individual lives. It's true for a collective. Uh, You're going to have illnesses. You're going to have uh, personal issues. You're going to run into uh, situations. And you're going to be knocked on your uh, rear end by life. It's inevitable. The question becomes how you handle it. And that becomes a question of who you are. Do you get up? Do you learn from it? Do you get up stronger? Do you get up angry? Do you get up defensive? Uh, Or do you just stay flat on your back? Uh, 2020 uh, hurt. 2020 hurt. Uh, But uh, we get up, and we get up stronger, and we get up better, and we get up smarter. Because that's who we are. It's a test of character. And 2021, we're going to be the better for it. We're going to be smarter. We'll learn from what happened here with COVID. uh, And uh, we're going to be the better for it. There was also a silver lining to 2020. Uh, New Yorkers really rose to the occasion. That infection rate did not come down magically. That infection rate came down because New Yorkers did the right thing because New Yorkers were smart enough to protect themselves and protect each other. That's how that rate came down. 
New Yorkers understanding the facts and caring enough about each other to act for each other. That's what happened. That's why we were the first state to wear masks, because we were the first state to make the statement, I care about you, and you care about me. And that's what the masks say. That's how we brought down the infection rate, by being unified, by being smart. And we call that New York tough. Loving, smart, united, disciplined, that was us in 2020. And that's a beautiful silver lining, and it's something to build on in 2021, and we will. Thank you, enjoy.